This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Turn to Matthew 22 for this evening's message. Matthew 22, as you turn there, I'm going to grab my bookmark that I left here. I accidentally dropped it on the way up to the orchestra. And none of you told me about it except Hallie. You all let it go. And it was sitting there the whole time. Matthew 22. Now you're in Matthew 22, but let me just read Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. We all know the Great Commission. It says in verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, we understand these verses. We know that Jesus Christ has told us to go into all the world and teach and preach the gospel, to make disciples, to share the gospel throughout the world. We understand that. We know that the church is called to do that. Who is supposed to do it if it wasn't us here who had put our faith in Jesus Christ? We also understand that, that this, is a, this is a hallmark of the Christian faith, that we are following through on what Jesus has commanded to go and make disciples. Now at the end of the verse, in Matthew 20, or excuse me, Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now why is that important? Well, it's important because in verse 18, Jesus says, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. So we know that all power is given to Jesus Christ, and he's our Savior and Lord, and that the power is not given to me, and that the power is in Jesus Christ. So when I share the gospel, I don't have to depend on my own wisdom, my own cunning, my own way of explaining the gospel, but I can depend on the power of Jesus Christ. And on top of that, he said he'll go with me even to the end of the world. So I can depend on Jesus Christ to go with me as I share the gospel. But here's a question I have for you. How many of you feel like your evangelism is not precise enough or not effective enough or not clear enough? You don't share the gospel often enough? Or how many of you have felt like I could just do better with reaching the lost? I know I've felt that way. And that's probably everyone here in this room has or is right now feeling like they should be doing more to share the gospel. And there are lots of reasons why we may feel this way. Sometimes it's because we're so, we're so focused on something else or, or we're not focused on the gospel that we get distracted with other things. Sometimes it's because when the Holy Spirit convicts us to share the gospel with someone, we just ignore it. We push it to the side and we act like we're not being convicted about it, like that soul doesn't matter. Sometimes it's because we just don't know the gospel like we ought to. We're just not prepared to share it as we should. There are lots of reasons why we may not be effective sharing the gospel. But let me point out to you that even before any of these other things, our priorities have to come first. And if we're going to be effective sharing the gospel, then we've got to follow these priorities that Jesus gives us in Matthew 22. It's the priority of love that he's teaching us. And we see first, as he's dealing with priorities, the first thing he mentions is our relationship with God. And that comes first. Now, how, do, how many of you know that we serve a personal God and that he loves us personally? And that, as John 3.16 says, he sent his son into the world because he loved us. And we know that God loves us. Actually, 1 John 4.19 says, 
We love him because he first loved us. So we know that God wants a personal relationship with us. He bridged that gap when he sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins and made it possible that we could be reconciled to God. So God is personal. We have a relationship with him. But then Jesus Christ mentions another priority, and that one is dealing with our, our relationship with others. And we know that we ought to love others as we love ourselves. This is the golden rule. I was taught as a homeschooler until ninth grade. My mom taught me, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we know this, but I have four siblings, and I still do. And they would be the first ones to tell you that I didn't practice that like I was taught. I didn't actually do unto others as I would have them do unto me. And it come, when it comes to Hallie and I and our relationship, my relationship with my wife, do I treat her in the way that I want to be treated? Well, oftentimes I don't. Now I think of all these things that I would love for Hallie to do for me. I would love for her to pick up behind me. I would love for her to do the dishes for me. I would love for her to do all these things. But how many of you husbands know that when you think of all these things you want your wife to do for you, it's a great opportunity to do that very thing for your wife. But I know that, and I don't always practice it. So this is a principle here in Matthew 22 that we understand, but we don't necessarily apply to our lives, especially not in every single area. And when I come back to this passage, I'm always convicted again and again about another area where I should be loving God, another area where I should be loving others. So let's look at the passage in Matthew 22. We're going to start reading in verse 34, where Jesus has been asked several questions by the Pharisees. They keep trying to trip him up. And then we come to verse 34, where they're asking yet another question. It says in Matthew 22, verse 34, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now I want you to notice in that passage that God wants us to be motivated by the priority of love. And Jesus gives us these principles, or this principle of the priority of love. We see that we're supposed to first love God, and second, love others. And it's very simple, but we have to apply it. So let's pray tonight as we begin this evening's message. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word and how you've used it in my life and in the lives of each of the members here tonight. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you that you loved us so much to reconcile us to you and that we have a relationship here on earth with you and that that relationship will continue into heaven as well. We're so grateful for that. I pray that you would be honored tonight through the preaching of your word. I pray that you wouldn't allow me to confuse the passage, but that it would be clear and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, we're looking tonight at the priority of love. And the outline's simple. I just gave it to you. The first point is love God. If you want to write it down, you can, but you'll probably remember it even without writing it down. Love God. It's simple. Now, when we re read this passage, Jesus gives us the two modifiers. So let me read verse 37 and 38 again, where it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now, he says it's the first and great commandment. And both of those modifiers are important. And Jesus could mean multiple things by this. And we could apply it in so many different ways. It's the first commandment because it's the number one priority. It's the great commandment because it's foundational. 
It's the basis of the Christian life. If I just simply loved God, then I wouldn't commit any other sin. I wouldn't covet. I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't steal. If I just loved God. Now tonight, we're going to look specifically at how it's the first commandment. And maybe this week you can take some time to consider how it's the great commandment and what Jesus meant when he said it's the great commandment. But let's consider this. It's the first commandment. It's the number one priority. If we were to think of our relationship with God as part of our to-do list, and I know we shouldn't. We shouldn't consider God as part of the to-do list to check off because that's maybe my tendency. But if we were to put our relationship with God as a part of our daily to-do list, then he should be at the top. Now, down on, lower on the list, I would have several things. I would maybe have some things like making sure the car oil is changed or driving to Virginia to present to some churches, studying for this evening's message, and then higher on the list, loving Hallie as I ought to, as God has commanded. And that top thing, you all know what it is. It's to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. That's the number one thing. That's how my life should be described. I would want someone at the end of my life to say that Joe loved God with all of his heart. I would want someone to say that that's how I was characterized. And yet, even though we know we should love God first, and we say that we do, we don't always. We let other things take us away from our love for God. Flip to Revelation 2. And in this passage, John is writing the words of Jesus Christ to several different churches, to seven churches, actually. And in Revelation 2, verse 1, he's writing to the church of Ephesus. It says, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. Then jump down to verse 2 of Revelation 2. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars. And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Now pause there. Christ is commending the Ephesus church for all the good things they're doing. They're a serving church. They're working hard. He says they've labored. He says they've cast out false teachers. But then in verse 4, he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Now we understand here that they have walked away from their first love. It wasn't something accidental. They made a choice that they loved something more than they loved Christ. And at one point, Jesus Christ was their first love. But now at this time... They're being rebuked because they've selected something else in their life to take place of Jesus Christ, to be first in their life. And we allow this sometimes too, where we say God is first, but other things take the priority over our relationship with God. Now, when we think of the, first, uh, of the term first love, I, I studied it a little bit, and I came up with the term devotion. It's how it's understood in the Greek, that first love, it's devotion, it's being committed to God. And I heard this term devotions a lot growing up. My youth pastor would always say, do your daily devotions. And what he meant by that was to spend daily time with God. And when I do my daily devotions, I'm saying, God, I love you. And I commit this day to you. I want you to use your word this morning to transform my life. I want you to make me more like you as I read your word. And I'm committed to you. And so we understand this term first love and devotion, and we can think of several characters in the Bible that are described in this way. I thought of David. He was a man after God's own heart. He is King David. He's the one who wrote so many of the Psalms that we love to read and memorize, but he's also one who's an example of someone who lapsed in his devotion to his wife. You remember he married his first wife, Michael, Saul's daughter, and then not long after that, he married Abigail. And then he married five more women. And then he had an affair with Bathsheba. 
And at this point in David's life, in King David's life, he's so far from his first wife, his first love, that you can't even begin to call him devoted. You can't say he was committed to her. He had so many other women who took priority, or who even took her place. And we do this with God as well, where we say, I love God with all my heart, soul, and mind, but other things take his place. And we allow them to take first place. And we choose something else that's more important than God. Now, there are lots of ways to love God and to show our love for God. Not the least of which is spending time in God's word. Reading the Bible day in and day out. Psalm 1-2, speaking about the man who's blessed, says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. So we ought to have a life that's represented just like Psalm 1, verse 2, and that man who meditates on God's word. But then there are other ways to love God as well, spending time with him in prayer, coming to church to hear about God's word, living a holy life just as he is holy, obeying his commandments as 1 John tells us. There are lots of ways to love God, and we ought to be doing each of them. So the question is this, what are some things I can do so that I'll love God more? Or what are some habits that I can put into my life so that it's easier for me to love God? Or who are some people that I can spend time with because I know they'll push me closer to God? Or you can ask the flip side of the question, uh, who are some people who take me away from my walk with God? Or what are some habits that really make it challenging for me to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind? What are some things that make it hard for me to love God first? This is the question, because Jesus Christ says the first priority is to love God. But then you know what the second priority is. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. And this flows directly from our love for God. Now this is why this passage is so important to me. Aside from just being a Christian, as a missionary, I know that when we love God first, then that's how we begin to share the gospel. Now I knew someone who was trying to share the gospel without spending time with God. And maybe you all have tried this before too. I know that I have. This guy, this friend of mine, he was telling me that he goes to work every morning at 3 a.m. But then he tries to share the gospel with some of his construction friends, co-workers. And he would try and he wouldn't get anywhere. Or he felt like there was, there was no relationship between him and God to enable him or to empower him. And he would share the gospel day in and day out. But then he would go back home. He was so exhausted from work that he'd go straight back to bed. And you wake up the next day and do the same thing. Some of you all understand that tough work schedule. And maybe you have a similar schedule just like he did. And it sounds very challenging to me, but I know this, that he couldn't reach the lost if he's not first spending time with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't mean that he couldn't reach the lost. Of course, we're not the ones who save any of the lost. It's only by the power of Jesus Christ. So it's through him. And when we spend time with him, and that's how he enables us to begin to share the gospel effectively. We first love God, as Jesus Christ said. And then the second priority comes more naturally, that we love others as we love ourselves. Now, it's still going to take work, but it's much more natural when we first love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Well, look back at Matthew 22 if you're not there. And I'll read these verses, and then let me share a quick story about my sisters. Matthew 22, I'll read in verse 37 again. It says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, my sisters demonstrated this principle to me when I was young. When I was in 10th grade, I was going into my first year in a Christian school. 
And my older sister, Cassie, she's three years older than me. She was a senior and she had a busy schedule, but I began to notice a pattern in her life. If I was ever awake at 6.30, which I usually wasn't, but if I was, I'd walk out of my room, open the door, and I would look off to the side and I would see my sister's room. Her door was always cracked open, the light was on, and she was on the floor reading God's word, spending time with them every single morning. And I noticed this pattern in her life, that she really loved God, that she walked with God. And I began to realize that I wanted that relationship with God too. It wasn't fake, it was something real that she did daily. But then on the other side, there's my little sister, Holly, and we just did not get along too well. There's always tension between the two of us. She would walk into the room and just frustrate me by her presence. I think you all understand what I mean. It just was, uh, there's always tension between the two of us. Little things would annoy me, like she would spill a little drop of water and use a whole napkin to wipe up that little drop. And that waste would bug me that she had just thrown that whole napkin away for a little bit of water. Now, I should clarify, I said my little sister, Holly, and my wife's name is Hallie, so they're different. And then, to make matters worse, my oldest brother married a girl named Allie, and so it got really confusing. It's Holly, Hallie, and Allie. But my little sister and I, we didn't get along. And I think you all know why, because we didn't love God, and so it was impossible to love each other. But then my older sister, in contrast, loved God first, and she walked with him daily. And then she would come home from school, and when she interacted with us, we saw that she loved God, and she loved us. She was so patient and kind. She had so much more love for us than we could muster up in ourselves for each other. And this is the principle that we learn here from Jesus, that he says, first, the priority is to love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. And then after that, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what does this involve, this second commandment, loving others as we love ourselves? It involves a lot of things. It involves our evangelism. It involves hospitality. It involves our encouragement of others. It involves praying for others and discipling others. It involves lots of things. It has a piece of every little part of our lives. And we get to show the love of Christ to two different groups of people. The first group is other Christians. We get to show the love of Christ to other Christians. And every time we come into church, then we get to show the love of Christ to others. And every time we're around saved family members, we get to show the love of Christ again. And Hallie and I notice this a lot because we go to a lot of churches and both of our families are saved. And when we're home, we go to our home church where we both grew up. And it's so good to fellowship with other Christians and we love that. And so we get an opportunity to show the love of Christ to each person, each individual who is saved, who has put their faith in Christ. Galatians 6.10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now did you hear the last part of that verse? Let me read it again, where it says, Galatians 6.10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So the Bible in Paul here is specifically saying, we need to show the love of Christ to other Christians. Now that term, do good, in this verse, it's akin to discipling or doing intentional spiritual good in someone's life to point them closer to Christ. This is taking time to make someone more like Christ. This is taking time to pray for someone. This is taking time to be a friend to them. This is showing the love of Christ. And it's a commandment according to scripture. And then John 13, 35, Jesus is speaking to his disciples when he said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Now that's really clear if we stop and think about it. Jesus Christ said simply that when we love each other, 
the world will know that we are followers of Christ. I'll be identified as a Christian because I love, each, I love other Christians. I love other people who've put their faith in Christ. Now, I think it's interesting that this is the first form of evangelism, that when I love other Christians as, as I ought to, then already the world begins to notice that there's something different about Christianity. There's something different about that person who's following Christ because they love other people in a way that I've not seen. But I think the more effective way of evangelizing the lost is specifically sharing the gospel with them. Taking the good news that Jesus Christ died and paid for my sins and that he rose again from the grave to defeat death and hell and sharing that with people we've built relationships with, with people we come in contact with. So that second group we get to show the love of Christ to is the lost. Now Hallie and I, as I mentioned, know a lot of Christians. And we're meeting several of you here tonight. Just this morning, we met some other Christians. We're meeting people all the time who know Christ. And we love that. But pretty soon we look around and we start to realize we don't know any unbelievers. We know so many Christians that there's no unbelievers that we come in contact with frequently. And we work Previously, this last year, we both worked at the Christian school in our church. And so we work in a Christian environment. We go to churches on Sunday. Both of our families are saved. And so Hallie and I have to be very intentional to get out of our comfort zone and out of our circles to reach the lost. Just as Jesus Christ went to the woman at the well who was culturally out of the way and he shared the gospel with her. We've got to do the same. Maybe some of you all are in that boat where you know so many Christians and you never have the opportunity to share the gospel with the lost. Maybe some of you are like my friend that I mentioned earlier who works a secular job and he knows so many unbelievers. And he's got opportunities to share the gospel with them day in and day out. Take advantage of that. Reach the lost for Christ. But remember first that you have to love God. And then naturally we'll begin to love others as we love ourselves. This is a priority that Jesus teaches us. And remember, I asked earlier, what are some things you can do in your life to, to help you to draw close to God? Or what are some habits you can put into your life that make it easy to love God? And that is the question you, can, you should consider as you walk out tonight. But then another question would be this. Who are some people you know that you can show the love of Christ to? Who are some unbelievers that you know haven't put their faith in Christ and you'll have the opportunity to share the gospel with this week? What are some ways that you know you can share the gospel or reach out to the lost that you haven't yet tried? Consider some of these as well and apply that to your life because Jesus Christ gives us these priorities and it affects our evangelism. That first we love God and then we love others. This is the natural progression. And this is the priorities that Jesus taught us and we ought to be trying our best to apply this. And I've got to tell you that every time I come back to this passage, God reminds me or shows me another way that I can love him more. And he shows me another way that I can love others as I love myself. And I want you to think about that statement. It's so logical that he says, love others as you love yourself. When I was nine, my mom loved me. And she knew that if I didn't put my faith in Christ, that I'd spend eternity in hell forever. But she also knew that if I did put my faith in Christ, then I would begin a relationship with God right then, and that that relationship would continue on into eternity. And so she shared the gospel with me, and I received Christ. And I'm so thankful for God's grace that he allowed that to happen when I was so young. But then sometimes, I'm so thankful to be a Christian, and I know I've got a relationship with God, and I know I'll be in heaven for eternity with my Savior. 
and I don't share the gospel with someone next to me as I know I ought to. And I keep it to myself. And I think, well, they're probably fine. Or they probably don't want to hear what I have to say. And that's not loving my neighbor as I love myself. I love being a Christian. But I don't love others when I don't share the gospel with them. And that's what Jesus is telling us here in Matthew 22 to apply this to our lives. That first we love God and then we love others. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to look at this principle again. Just reading through these verses. This principle is taught all throughout the Bible. This principle of love, the priority of love, loving God and then loving others. And we see it in 1 Corinthians. We see it in Colossians 3, Ephesians 5, 25. We see it all throughout the Bible. And here in 1 John 4, verses 19 through 20, where it says, We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So it's stated simply there, that first we love God, and then we love others. And if we don't love others, the Bible is clear that we don't actually love God. But then look at 1 John 4, 9 through 10. Excuse me, 10 through 11. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Look at chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now think about that. Isn't that an amazing thing that Jesus, excuse me, that God the Father loved us so much that he sent his son to reconcile us to God. I have a relationship with God today, and I am a co-heir with Jesus Christ because God sent his son to pay for my sin. I'm so thankful for that. But then 1 John 2, verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now I've got a choice. Either I'm going to love the things of this world, or I will love God. And sometimes I let the things of this world take the place of God. And I ought not, because Jesus Christ says the number one priority is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. The last passage we'll read is 1 John 2, verses 1 through 5. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You can pause there. I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And that's why Hallie and I are going to reach the lost in Chile, because they can receive Christ. They simply need to hear the gospel, and by hearing, they can believe as well. Verse 3 says, And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. When we keep God's commandments, that's a form of loving God. When we spend time in God's word, we love him more. And I think it's interesting that someone who loves God spends time in God's word, than someone who reads the Bible loves God as well. We see this correlation in our lives. And Jesus Christ gives us a simple commandment, that first we love God, and then naturally from there we love others. So as you go home tonight, I want you to consider those questions. What are some ways I can love God? What are some ways I can show the love of Christ to others? And when we do consider those, then there are immediately things that come to our minds, ways that we're not loving God. 
and people who we've not shown the love of Christ to. So throughout this week, look for those opportunities. God will allow us to share the gospel if we're looking for it. And many of us feel like we're not sharing the gospel as we ought to, but it's got to start here, that we're spending time in God's word, that we're loving God first, and then we're keeping our eyes open for those opportunities to reach the lost as well. And they come hand in hand. I can't just love God, and I can't just love others. And if I try to love others, it's not going to work out. But then if I don't love others, then, as 1 John says, I don't love God. So this week, first love God, and then love others. Take on these priorities that Jesus taught us in Matthew 22, and that we align them correctly with what Jesus has taught us. That we spend time in God's word, and then we try to share the gospel as we go about in our daily lives. Thank you, Pastor. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word, and I pray that you were glorified tonight, that your name was magnified, and I pray that you would, you would continue to convict each of us to work in our hearts and in our lives to make us more like you. I pray that you would help us not just to love other things and to love the things of the world, but you'd help us to love you first, and then from that to also love others as we love ourselves. We're so thankful for your son and for sending him to save us from our sins. Help us to show the love of Christ to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened. And we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.